everybody, and welcome to the Glean Podcast. And for all those we encounter today, we welcome all y'all. Glad you're here. And we've got a special friend and guest with us tonight, Pastor Alan DeDio. Always fun when we have him on. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a question I believe a lot of people in the church have. And it's dealing with what is going to happen, what's going to take place with the church in the year 2023. Uh, we've been been through a lot over the last few years from COVID shutdown and lockdowns and uh, a lot of churches never opened back up. And uh, I believe God may have used that in some ways to, to filter the church. But um, I believe, you know, we were talking before the show uh, and we were talking about the percentage of people that believe, I think you said 41 or 42% of Americans believe that Jesus is going to return in their lifetime. And there's less percentage than that that go to church. And we were talking earlier about how even people that are not saved, they know something's going on. So if something's going on and that many people know it, the church has got to be ready. And the scriptures give us the warnings. They give us all the signs. And, you know, in our generation, no generation has seen more prophecy fulfilled than ours. That's right. Concerning Jesus and his second coming. And, you know, everybody keeps talking about, well, yeah, but Jesus is coming soon. Well, he is. But even sooner than that, the church is going to get took out of here, which we're not going to get in the rapture debate because we know we're going out. If y'all want to stay, y'all can. But <laughs> what I wanted to talk, you know, just us three as ministers talk about a little bit tonight is what, what do we see? What do we feel in our spirits? What has God showed you about the church and where it's going? You know, uh, myself, I guess since I'm, hosting the show here. I'm going to go first if that's all right. But anyway, <laughs> I, you know, I really feel like I've heard in my spirit, you know, and I've heard it. I even heard it uh, Tuesday morning when we were in prayer. I heard the spirit saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's an urgency, but God is like, he's been showing me that there's going to be unprecedented glory, unstoppable glory, and it's going to be undescribable. You're not even going to be able to put into words. People will not be able to adequately put into words the move of God that's going to be in the church. Now, that's not to say that Satan's just going to sit back, be quiet, you know, but we're the triumphant church. We're, we have the power over him. So it's time for that the, the remnant church, what we like to call it, to rise up and be what God's called it to be. And when I was in prayer this morning, God sent me to Isaiah chapter six. I will read this and share just a second. And then I'm going to turn it over to y'all and let y'all have it. But, uh, Isaiah chapter six started in verse two. And he said, above it stood the seraphim and each one had six wings. And you know, it goes on and says two covered the feet, two covered its face and with two, it flew. And then in verse three, it said "And one cried to another, which you could break out into a thing about worship there. But he, one cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke, which that could be representation of the glory. But I believe what we're going to walk into, there's going to be times where even us as ministers, all we're going to be able to do is look at each other and say, holy, mm. holy. 
And, it, and it's also a thing of unity. That remnant church, when we come together in unity, it's not about denomination. It's not about whose church do you go to or how much do you tithe or how long have you been in the ministry. It's the remnant church. Who, who is saying, Lord, here am I, send me. When we get into that unity and begin to worship together, the doorposts in our church are going to begin to shake and the churches are going to be filled with the glory of God. It's not that we're going to be doing anything other than just worshiping. When that glory comes in, that's when miracles will happen. It, yeah, we'll still be laying on hands. Yeah, we'll be casting out devils and, and doing that. But when that glory falls, we don't have to do anything but be in it. People can receive their own healing just by, by entering into that glory. Demons can't get in that glory anyway. Mm. So I believe, you know, uh, that in this next season, in this year, that in the remnant church, I believe that God will put up a, a no trespassing sign for demons that they'll not even be able to come on properties that are a remnant church, that as people drive up that are oppressed, them demons can't come in because the glory is going to fill the house so strong that that people is going to be able to see it and come in. And that's going to be part of what draws people in. But also it's going to build the church to where it's our job to go back out. Because I don't believe that this last work, this final move is just going to be filling up churches. I believe it's going to be happening in aisle three at Food Line or Walmart. I believe it's going. God's going to anoint people and fall on them in restaurants. I believe God's going to start causing that glory to break out in peculiar places, places you wouldn't expect it because those people is not coming to church anyway. But if we, the church, take that glory out, that's going to cause them to come in. What were the three words that you used? It was it was undeniable, undeniable. glory, unstoppable glory, and unexplainable. Wow. Hmm. That's know. a word for every believer, undeniable, yep. unstoppable, unexplainable. Yep. And it's not just for the pastor. It's for every believer yeah. Yeah. this year. Yep. But what are you seeing, what are you feeling for 2023? Well, I think, um, of course, every... There are a lot of people trying to break down the numbers, and I believe the numbers yeah. are significant. God gives us these as markers, mm -hmm. as signs for us to look at, reminders, certainly. And if you look at the number 23, the number 23 is a number death. Mm -hmm. That's what 23 means, yeah. death. But if you're a believer, death is nothing more than a doormat. Right. It's nothing more than a doorway mm -hmm. because we're people of resurrection power. Yeah. So if it's if it's going to be a season, I believe 2023 will be a season of darkness, mm -hmm. be a season of death, mm -hmm. of destruction. The two words that God gave me concerning this year were national emergency. Right. Um, but for the believer. Yeah. I believe that 23 is resurrection. Right. And we can dig in more and more. I'm sure we will. Yeah. But I'm I'm I, the reason why I wanted to be on this podcast is because I wanted to hear what you, Pastor Wes and Pastor Steve, what the Spirit of God's really putting on your heart. It seems to be because you know we have an interview program. Yeah. And everybody seems to be getting the same word. Yeah, I've noticed that. What are you, what are you guys, Pastor Steve? What are you hearing in your spirit? Well, basically, uh, you know what y'all been talking about. Uh, I believe that uh, we are going to see more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, you know, uh, four times in my Christian life, I've seen the glory of God. One time was uh, when I was about uh, 10 years old in the Baptist church of all, all places, you know. And as John Osteen used to say, 
God loves Baptists too. Yes, he does. <laughs> he should know he was one. Yeah. So there, we were having a revival at that time, and uh, you know there were a lot of young people, teenagers coming to Christ. You know, and uh, it was in the old building. It has been torn down now, but uh, anyway, there was a blue haze up in settled up in the top of the church, while all those people were being drawn to Christ. You know. And, of course, I, I didn't understand it then. I mean, at 10 years of age, you know, I'd never seen anything. like. I was wondering if the church was on fire, you know. <laughs> well, it was spiritually, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. For a Baptist church, it was doing good. Even the other Baptists called us holy rollers, you know. <laughs> but uh, then, uh, you know, I've uh, seen the glory of God uh, three times since then. And... Uh, but this most recent time was uh, in uh, November, uh, the 22nd of 2008. And uh, I, my, just after my dad passed away, and uh, I mean, I don't know why, you know, God gives you a dream. He has a purpose for it. And if it's of God, you don't ever forget it. To me, it's just as fresh in my spirit as it was the night I dreamed it, you know. And uh, some people call them night visions. But uh, anyway, uh, I was preaching, and uh, it it looked like the the seating was this away. You know, our church pews at that time was straight up and down. But what of where I was preaching... It looked like they were this way in an angle, you know. And uh, when I was preaching, the back wall of the church disappeared. And I saw a dark cloud on the horizon. And uh, uh, it, it, it looked like, you know, in the summertime when a, a dark cloud comes up and it was kind of light underneath the bottom, pale looking, uh, that usually a sign of hail and so on. And uh, I thought, Lord, what is this? I mean, it looked ominous, you know, this, just like a terrible storm or something. But all of a sudden, uh, I, it's like he's talking about, you You don't have words to describe what you see sometimes. I, I don't have the vocabulary. But what, what, the only way I know how to describe it was, it looked like white, pure white liquid love started pouring out of that cloud. And, uh, you know, that puzzled me because I've always thought, you know, the glory of God would be in a white cloud. But uh, I saw a scripture later, uh, you know, in the book of Psalms where it says that God hides in the dark clouds, you know. But anyway, uh, you know, I saw it's like it was just cascading down out of that cloud down to the earth. And when it, uh, you know, came to earth, it then looked like a fog or a cloud, white cloud rolling in. And it started covering the people. And I watched it, it you know, started back, come on down, come on down. And all of a sudden, then everybody in the church was covered. And I was standing up on the platform. I couldn't see anybody. 
And then that cloud rolled up on the platform where I was, and when it come up to my knees, I fell in it. I mean, and you know, in the Old Testament, it talked about the priest couldn't stand a minister by reason of the cloud. Mm. I, I know a little bit of what that's like, you know. I mean, you can't you can't stand up in it when it's manifested in that way, uh, you know. And uh, I it was blessing me so. I felt like I, my physical body was going to literally explode. I think that's why we have to be changed. <laughs> we have to receive a glorified body yeah. to be able to stand it, you know. And uh, here, uh, uh, just the other week, I was uh, uh, watching Flashpoint on TV, you know, and... Uh, they they mentioned it, but also uh, Wesley sent me a, a text of a prophecy that was given, and he was talking about, uh, you know, the, the glory of God would uh, be, uh, you know, manifested more than ever before, and uh, that it would be, which, if you think about it, when Moses, in the book of Exodus, you know, he's, he told he asked God. He said, "Show me your glory." Well, you know, God didn't get upset at him for asking. You know, he he said, "I want to see your glory," and so God said, "Okay, I'm going to set you in the cleft of the rock." In other words, you you have you better be in Christ, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's a type of Christ, the cleft of the rock. And uh, he said, "I'm going to cause all." my goodness to pass before you. So everything that God does that's good is a form of his glory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I believe also there's going to be a more of a manifestation of that cloud, that glory cloud, that people will be able to see with their uh, eyes, you know. And uh, that was in, uh, you know, like I said, uh, 2008 when I had that dream. and uh, But something was puzzling me was that the way the people were seating, I thought, well, was I here at this church or was I somewhere else preaching, you know? And uh, then they got the bright idea of taking out all the pews and putting chairs in, and they lined them up at that angle. And when I saw I said, that's it. That's it. Now the glory can come. And, uh, <laughs> just waiting on the seating yeah, arrangement. Just waiting on the seating arrangement, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, as I said just the other week, uh, hearing this uh, prophet talking about uh, that the, there'd be greater manifestations of the glory of God. And uh, I, when he was prophesying that, as I was listening to it, uh, I said, this is the year it can happen. It can happen. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's just going to automatically come. Right. I believe we've got to expect it. Uh, you know, we we've got to expect God to do what He says He'll do. And uh, I believe, uh, you know, as Wes mentioned earlier, that uh, the the glory of God is going to be a, a a drawing card, if you will. Uh, Dinner bell, a dinner yeah, bell, dinner yeah. bell. You know, if you're hungry, come, here's a place you can come and get. There's going to be not just our church. Uh, I mean, I want our church to be 
no doubt be a part of it. I, I want to see that dream fulfilled that I saw in 2008. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and I believe I will. Uh, I believe I will see it. And uh, so, uh, you know, it'll happen in churches where uh, preachers are not afraid to confront sin, to preach the truth, and I believe it's going to be, a, yes, the miracles. Uh, you know, we thank God for the miracles and, and all that. Uh, you know, that's wonderful. And, and I've always enjoyed seeing the healing power of God manifested in, in the miracles. But uh, I don't know. They just, I believe it's going to be a, a, the, one of the greatest pushes for souls. It's, it, the the main cause of it all is a, a bringing of souls into the kingdom of God, and uh, so you know people people don't know unless you tell them. Uh, I think we were talking about that in uh, Bible study this uh, past Tuesday, uh, you know, yesterday, and uh, you know people, so many people. Or, you know, church people, you you wondered what what have they been listening to? Uh, I've even what what have we been preaching? You know, because people act like when you talk about these things, they act like they don't even know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have to tell them that there there has to be an expectancy for it to come, and. Uh, you know, I believe uh, you you get what you expect. <laughs> if you don't expect nothing, you don't get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, of course, the Book of Psalms says that our expectation is from Him. You know, so uh, I believe there's going to have to come a greater hunger for the things of God. That we're not just trying to build a ministry which but that'll be part of it. But that's the, our main purpose is, you know, not putting our focus so much on uh, who we are, but who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And if we will do that and tell people about Jesus, I, I, I don't care if I ever get known worldwide or even in this county for that matter, but... I, as long as I can see the hand of God in my life and helping others be a blessing to others and souls coming into the kingdom, uh, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. And you were talking about, and I know I heard what you about the national emergency. There were three key issues that God revealed to you. Uh, you want to, unpack them now yeah i mean and i think these are these are key for people who are listening three attacks that the spirit of god showed me was mm -hmm. coming against the church yeah and particularly three areas of victory that if we'll be ready for it yeah and he took my mind to 9 11 mm -hmm. i don't know how many of you watching can remember yeah mm -hmm. 9 11 where you were i was in a psychology class in columbus ohio at the time and that we were attacked just to summarize this. And we did the whole teaching. It's over on our um, YouTube channel encounter today. There were three areas where we were attacked four planes mm -hmm. 
but three areas of attack. So what the enemy did, number one, is we had sleepers. Right. Mm -hmm. So the wheat was growing up amongst tares. The mm -hmm. tares were growing up amongst the wheat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think in 2023, we're going to see a separation of the wheat yeah. and the yeah. tares mm -hmm. as, as, as these enemies, God is going to expose them mm -hmm. and their plot and their work. And then he showed me that these enemies didn't have weapons of their own, Right. had to use our weapons, mm -hmm. had to use our planes. Mm -hmm. What we were using for transport, they used for a weapon. And I think right. we're going to see in 2023, the enemy try to use things that the church is using right now as a blessing, mm -hmm. as a convenience. He's going to try to use that as a weapon against us, whether that's churches our ministry social media pages. You're right. He's going to try to twist these things and use mm -hmm. them against us. But four planes, three attacks. Where was the first attack? The World Trade Center. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? Two planes hit the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That means 50% of the attack went against the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. That deals with the economy. The mm -hmm. World Trade yeah. Center is representative of the economic power of the nation. Mm -hmm. So the half of the enemy's attack this year is going to be against the believer's finances. Right. Mm -hmm. I believe that. So believers need to get their finances in order. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You make sure you're tithing. Yeah. There's your insurance policy right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're tithing. Not to some crazy people. You're tithing to your local church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And number two, you are radically giving, yeah. radically sowing to, to shore up yeah. your economic foundation. So that's the number one attack. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, that was the that was the that was the attack the enemy was trying to use to keep them from being liberated. Yeah. You know, leave your mm -hmm. cattle here, leave yeah. all that stuff here. Now, secondly, we had a plane crash into the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. That's our defensive structure. Yeah. yeah. And Pentagon, mm -hmm. Pentecost, yeah. Pentateuch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that deals with doctrine. Mm -hmm. Penta means five. That deals yeah. with the fivefold ministry, office gifts, yeah. preaching doctrine. That's going to come under attack mm -hmm. in 2023. And then finally, we had a plane that did not reach its intended target. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to go, many believe, to the Capitol building. Yeah. Some say the White House. Some say the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. The Capitol building represents dominion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the seat of power. That's the seat of authority. Mm -hmm. So the enemy is going to come after our authority. He's going to come after our dominion. Mm -hmm. But why didn't it reach its intended target? History tells us there was a man named Todd Beamer mm -hmm. who was aboard that plane along with other passengers who heard what had happened and they decided to go against the attackers, even if it meant their lives. Mm -hmm. They're going to go against these attackers. Mm -hmm. And he, what were his words? He said, let's roll. Let's roll. Mm -hmm. Let's roll. Yep. And he went out and they took out the enemy and took out. And this is what I told my wife this the other day who's watching right now, just meditating on this. According to the caller, he was on the phone with someone. Mm -hmm. He grabbed one of the in-flight phones to find out what was going on, to tell them what was happening. By the way, do you know the, the, the policy before this, uh, flight attendant security, that if somebody hijacked a plane, the policy was go along with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever they tell you to do, mm -hmm. do it so that we can get the plane landed and make sure everybody's safe. Yeah. We had never experienced that kind of evil where they had no intention of landing Land, right. mm -hmm. that plane. Yeah. And the church's policy as far as spiritual warfare is concerned is let's just go along. I know things look crazy out there. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what yeah. a man is. We don't even know what a woman is. Right. Mm -hmm. We got what's that? What's that? What's that company that did that photo shoot? Balot. Um, Bellis, I can't. I can't even think of the name of it now. Huh? Baloney. No, baloney. <laughs> baloney. Yeah. <laughs> you know the name of that company in Latin. It it actually yeah. has like a demonic meaning to it. Yeah. 
and it's like worshiping Baal, the worship of Baal. Yeah, it's the worship of Baal. Um, so we just see all these crazy things happening. The church's response is Bellagio. Is that what it is? Mm. Uh, it's a hotel in yeah. in Las Vegas. We say, just, all right, people are going to come to their senses. Let's just ride this out. Yeah. And that's not the way it's going to end. Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to stand up. That's why I'm wearing this hat right here. Yeah. Don't tread on me. This is not a political statement. Right. In 1712, Pastor Thomas Bradbury preached a message on the tribes of Issachar and the tribes of Dan. Mm -hmm. Issachar the donkey and Dan the serpent. Right. That sermon was about liberty and not giving in to the forces of darkness, mm -hmm. but being like a serpent and biting at the hills of tyranny. Mm -hmm. That's what that message was about. It was revived in 1744 and became the inspiration for the Don't Tread on Me flag. Right. So this is not a political statement. Right. This is a mentality that the church has got to have going into 2023. Yeah. We're not going to sit back and take it anymore. Right. If you're yeah. going to try to come this way, I don't care if you're bigger than me. Yeah. I'm going to, like a serpent would bite at the heels of a horse. We don't care how big the enemy is. We're not going to be trampled on. Right. We're going to strike back. Yeah. And that needs to be the mentality of the church. And so Todd Beamer, they prayed the Lord's Prayer because mm -hmm. he had been studying that in church. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he quoted a passage of Scripture and then said, let's roll. Yeah. The passage of Scripture was Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow mm -hmm. of death, I will fear no evil. Right. And I think in 2023... A revelation of Psalm 23, not mm -hmm. a not a traditional religious revelation. I'm exactly. talking about a radical revelation mm -hmm. of. Now get this: a radical revelation of Psalm 23 took down the terrorist plane right on 9/11. Mm -hmm. A revelation of Psalm 23 mm -hmm. stopped the terrorist attack and crashed that plane instead in the middle of a field in Pennsylvania. Right. I believe that if we'll get a hold of Psalm 23. In 2023, a radical revelation of it. Yeah. We can stop the attack of the enemy, and those three attacks will turn into three areas of victory. Yeah. So now we're going to have victory in our finances. Mm -hmm. We're going to have victory in our, what was the next one? In our defense, defense. and doctrine, yeah, doctrine and fivefold ministry, and we're going to have victory in our dominion. I believe yeah. the revival will be a revival of authority. We're going to take our authority back in 2023. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, we were talking before the uh, we started or got on air, you know, and I said, you know, the church is not the church that everybody's looking at. I, I believe through COVID and what has happened up to now, God's already redefined. We, we keep saying he's coming back for the church, but God put it in as the remnant yeah. church. Mm -hmm. Not every church. It's all know, his church. Yeah, it's his church. I mean, there's there's churches out there that that are, you know, I, I talked to you about the the one minister, you know, that met with his board wanting to grow cannabis on their their property, mm -hmm. and he also said that God was Jesus was pro choice because the Bible says choose you this day now, who you will serve. You just kind of ran by that. I hope people listening heard yeah. that. This mm -hmm. is one of the largest yes. African-American churches, yes. by the way. Yeah. And they want to use the land they have mm -hmm. to start growing weed. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of the largest yeah. churches in America, and they want to make money by growing weed. weed. This kind of stuff, I'm telling you, the judgment yeah. of God. Yeah. And see, that's yeah. that's what I believe we're going to see when, when God is saying national emergency. Yeah. I believe that, you know, yeah, we have seen tribulation, mm -hmm. but I believe that people that are not ready are fixing to, ex we're going to experience his glory, but the ones that are playing church are going yeah. to experience his judgment and his wrath. Yeah. 
And I don't believe that every one of those, and people say, well, maybe they'll turn around and wake up and get saved. I, I believe that time's gone. Their conscience has been seared. I believe, yeah, and I believe God has said, I give you ample time to repent. But, you know, what I was reminded of, because, you know, I, I had seen what's coming, and it, it, it don't look good on our, our national level. Our economy is not looking good. Our, our government's the laughing stock of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you can't say anything anymore without somebody being offended. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife and I were taught, you know, we hadn't been to a mall, uh, a, a large mall in a few years. Because you, you don't know. I mean, it's just constant chaos in these places. Not that I cared to go to them anyway. But um, I believe when I was thinking, about, you know, the Bible says that darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness the people. Well, we've seen gross. You can't get any grosser than the ideas, the concepts, the, the mind games that people are playing, you know, to the point of people are, you know, full term, you can have give birth to a baby and then post birth yeah, yeah post birth and say you know what give me a few minutes now nah, i don't want the baby mm -hmm. and they'll abort it mm -hmm. you know you can marry anybody you want now you can even marry an animal mm -hmm. you know i told our congregation a few years ago and i think some people thought i was being funny about it but that bestiality was going to be normalized yeah. now look what's happening in canada yeah. it's already being passed in the law because you can't define love but yeah. when you look at this gross darkness and you think, well, wait a minute, God told, because I, I said, God, you told me glory is coming. Well, when I think of glory, then I'm not having, to, I don't have, I'm not worried about attacks. I'm not worried about those things. But that's when he took me to the children of Israel. When God put the judgments against Egypt, there was still light in light Goshen. Goshen. Yeah. And the church is representative of, of Goshen. We're where the glory will reside, and I believe with the things that are going on, the remnant church will be the ones with the answer. We'll be the ones that, hey, I'm not worried about the economy. I, I'm blessed, and my finances are taken care of. But it's like when you the national emergency. When the national emergency comes, just like with hurricanes, what do they do? If they know in time, they prepare. Yeah. So even if the attack comes, they're prepared against it. Well, that remnant church, if we know, like you said, you're coming out early. God said, hey, prepare for a national emergency. Well, we're preparing. That means I'm not going to be defeated, but I'm going to get in this word deeper than I ever have before. You know, I've told both of y'all, I've read this thing for 20 years, and I've read all kind of great books. Even some you've written were awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plug that right quick. But. When this thing becomes a living, yeah. breathing word, it changes your life. And it gives you that boldness to even in the middle of darkness speak life and speak light into a situation. And going into 23, that's what we've got to be. And I believe that's what the Remnant Church will be. Well, and speaking of shameless plugs, we just started a new site called EncounterNews.com. Yeah. EncounterNews.com for all the end-time prophetic news that matters to you that you're interested mm -hmm. in. So I encourage everybody to put it in there. You want to talk about stuff that's happened. When you look on that and you see the things that are happening, the war against the family. You're, mm -hmm. Pope Benedict just died, by the way, and yeah. we need to do a broadcast about that because that's significant. But just... Even what we're seeing, the attacks on political figures that we've looked to for hope, mm -hmm. it's getting darker and darker and darker. But during a national emergency, special powers mm -hmm. are granted 
to the president of the United States. Mm. Now, that may be scary politically, yeah. but I believe that God is going to release special miracles mm-hmm. yeah. to and through the church, a special encounter of yeah. glory mm-hmm. as we enter into this season. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, God showed uh, Lester Summerall, in, I believe it was in 1955, I believe he was still in the Philippines, and uh, showed him that uh, that before the Lord returned, that homosexuality would be open, openly, you know, uh, and imagine that in the fifties yeah. getting that word that yeah. would be impossible. No one yeah. would believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can even remember when I was a, just a teenager coming into my teenage years, and you would hear tell of uh, homosexuals and things like that. And I, I was like, oh, that's in New York, that's in Chicago, that's out in California. It, it won't never come here. It was already here. Mm-hmm. But you see, they've come out of the closet. Now they, they, they are not ashamed, you know. Did you and, know Donald Trump and Carrie Lake just celebrated, did an event to celebrate yeah, same-sex yeah. marriage? Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, Our conservative uh, heroes. Yeah, yeah no. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I heard they was talking about, you know, they. God can use imperfect people. Well, you got that sure, right. Yeah, but he has to. If I he qualify. Any of us, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, those things, uh, you know, in those days were were hush hush. Mm-hmm. They weren't talked. They weren't talked about. And uh, I mean, we and if we do talk about it, they say, well, that's hate speech. But we are not talking about it to condemn them. We are wanting to let them know Jesus loves them. Yeah. They'll say, well, God loves us, too. Yes, he does. He died for the sins of the whole world, but he hates the sin. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he condemns these things or actually he don't condemn these things, but uh you know, he he wants us to put that truth out there to that people can know it's an abomination. I mean, for a man to lie with another man, that, that's not even normal. It's not natural. It's unseemingly, uh, Romans chapter 1 says, uh, you know. And uh, some people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, Romans, the last time I looked, was New Testament. You know, I don't think they've changed it and, yet. No. And hadn't changed it. And, uh, you know, uh, even I can remember when if there was a divorce in your community, it was a black looked at upon as a black mark in your community. Yeah. It affected the whole community. Mm-hmm. Now it's, oh, well. Just common. Yeah. It's even you more know. radical assisted suicide. Yeah. yeah, Canada has yeah. legalized assisted suicide. I shouldn't shoot this uh, article yeah. we had on EncounterNews.com where a, an Army veteran mm-hmm. needed a chair ramp or a chair assistance. Perfectly healthy, just has some physical. Yeah. And they said, well, we can't get that chair thing to you, but we'd be happy to kill you. That's what the government, that's what yeah. the Canadian mm-hmm. government said. Yeah. In Canada last year, more than 10,000 people were killed through assisted suicide. Mm. Yeah. This was a perfectly woman who's just living her life and just needs help getting up the stairs. They're like, well, we'll kill you. Yeah. We can help mm. you with that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's where we've come to. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And I would have never thought in my lifetime, I, I mean, in the years of, you know, being a pastor and studying the word, uh, I knew 
you know, the Bible talked about that it was going to get darker as we got nearer to the return of Christ. But I, I couldn't even begin to imagine what I'm seeing on mm. everyday television yeah. and newscast and things like that. I, I just, my mind wouldn't let, well, I'm glad, I'm glad really. <laughs> Uh, how that, how can you even begin to conceive these kind of things, you know, that are happening? But, uh, you know, it's happening, and, uh, you know, Jesus is coming soon. Come on, yeah. I, I know uh, 40, over 49 years ago, I, I was reading in, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, and that, you know, is where, the disciples asked Jesus what would be the sign of his coming and the end of this age. And uh, the first thing that he said, now this, this to me was strange. Uh, they were asking, what, what are the signs of your coming so we can know? And the first thing he said is, see that no man deceive you. Mm -hmm. And immediately a, a red flag went up in my spirit. And I thought, boy, there must be going to be a lot of deception about the return of Christ. And they are. But he was not just talking about there'd be a lot of deception about his return, but also about everything that's going on in the world. There's going to be so much deception. Well, that's the, that's the tool the enemy has used down through all these thousands of years, the tool of deception. If he can deceive you, then he's got you. And you know what, you know. what's become popular? This phrase, mass formation psychosis, mm -hmm. over the last, where a mass of people, a nation like Germany, for example, yeah. can be taken up into a deception. Yeah. And in the same way, the world has been taken up yeah. into a deception concerning yeah. health and everything else. Yeah. And you know, if the church is not careful, I know you said uh, the Lord showed you that there would be an attack against doctrine. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe this already starting. Yes, yes. it's it's already starting, uh, and uh, you know the hyper grace teaching. Yes, you know that Christ. If once you accept Christ, He's forgiven your sins, past, present, present and, and future, future. Mm -hmm. yep. and you never have to repent. I don't. If I would do something to you, I wouldn't have to apologize to you for it. I'm already forgiven, I'm covered by grace. And uh, I said, you know, it was a shame that that the Father didn't let Jesus know about mm -hmm. that. And he wrote those letters to the seven churches in Revelations chapters 2 and 3, and to every single one of them except one. That's right. He mm -hmm. either used the word repent or else, are implied it yeah mm -hmm. strongly strongly <laughs> yes yeah. and and you don't want the or else yeah. Yeah. right yeah and uh, so d say well don't you believe in the grace of god yes yeah you the, just need a revelation of the love of god pastor yeah, Steve. I, if you I had know. that you wouldn't have to talk yeah. about all this sin yeah. stuff. yeah but <laughs> ephesians chapter 2 you know verses 8 9 and 10 he he said for by grace are you saved through faith mm -hmm. yes i believe in the grace of god i believe in faith in God, in the finished work of the cross. But he he also said, uh, you know, it's a gift of God. It's not a work lest any man should boast. But they're, they're saying, what they're saying is that if we don't accept the grace teaching that way, we're 
belittling or doing away, downplaying the effect of grace. But really, grace will cover your sin. If you say, Lord, I missed it. I've sinned. I've come up short. Forgive me. Yes, the grace of God is available, you know, and he will forgive us. First John 1 and 9 I've used so many times that he said if we confess our sin, He's not deny it, oh, I'm already covered. I don't have to worry about that. No, he said if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he said if we say that we have no sin, then we do not the truth, and we make God a liar. And I can tell you right now, God's not a liar. Mm-mm. If he's in liars, it's the people. Yeah. It's not God. Yeah, we, we need ministers who will rise up in the yeah. darkness and confront this. Yeah. The verse that I used in our New Year's message was from uh, Isaiah 126. That's what I was just looking up here. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 126 says, And I will restore your judges. I believe people have been saying we need more prophets in the church. We need more pastors. We need more. No, we need more judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people to rise up and say enough is enough. Yeah. we're not going to let the enemy take this ground. Yeah. anymore, and we're going to stand yeah. for righteousness. Yeah. and it means taking a stand for holiness and taking yeah. a stand for purity. Yeah. yeah, putting down the alcohol. Forget the debate. Just put it down. Live yeah. pure. Exactly. Become a Nazarite. Yeah. yeah, and let's start to dig into the word together and see the glory of God come as you described it earlier. Yeah, yeah. and I mean that that goes you know where everybody. We talked about we. You just need to love. You just need to love. Love has been so mistaught. We don't know what it is. We because <laughs> you raise children. You've raised children. You know Josh has raised children. Craig, if any of us that love our children would, if we would see one of them running into a busy street, I'm not just going to say now. Now please come here. Uh, I know you want to play in the street, but I would do everything in my physical ability, yell, scream, run, to get their attention so that they didn't go into the street and possibly be run over and killed or, or maimed yeah. for life. But yet when we see people in homosexuality, and I've never mistreated one of them, mm-hmm. not one. I've been nice. I have, but yet when, well, what's your stance on uh, homosexuality? You think we're going to hell if you don't repent? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You know, and it's even went past that now to where we have children dressing up as animals. <laughs> and the teachers, this is how stupid <clears throat> and ignorant our education system is because they don't want to offend anybody. They want to love everybody. We have litter boxes in bathrooms. Now, I've heard rumors about this. Is this really happening? Yes. yes. This is yes. really happening. This is really happening. I've heard, I hadn't found out for sure it's happened here, but I know, I think it was in Illinois or somewhere, it, that they, they did verify this. Now, my thing with that Come is. Come on, Illinois. No matter with you. This, this is my <laughs> thing, and, and you can make a short clip of this. You can post it. You can do whatever, but y'all. I hope parents are watching this. If you have a child 
that is dressed up like a cat, that meows like a cat, that acts like a cat, that uses the bathroom like a cat, do us all a favor and have it spayed and neutered so that we don't have to put up with any more. Because, well, they'd be okay with that, though. They're doing that already. You know, and, yeah, and that's my thing. You know, yeah. why have we gotten to this point? Now, when you was three years old and you wanted to crawl on all fours and bark like a dog or meow like a you cat. You didn't have somebody. It's a, you know, yeah. that's okay. But these are these are high school students. And their parents are saying, well, yeah, but this is how they express themselves. No, it's not. That's demonic. Yeah. They, they need to be uh, uh, an exorcism on, on them to get this mentality. But it, it's went in and people say, well, well, yeah, but, you know, that's just them. Well, what's next? You know, if we don't take, like you said, that mentality of don't tread on me. And if we don't become righteous judges, which that whole thing was over the 90s and into the early 2000s, every Christian that wanted to push the limits of God, what did they say? Judge not, lest ye be judged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've took this whole mentality, well, I can't judge that person. I can't. Till now, we've got people acting like cats. We can't talk against homosexuality. We've got Christians more worried about can I drink a beer or how many beers can I drink than what does it take for me to get into God's presence and change my life like never before. They're asking all the wrong questions and arguing over all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've got to have the righteous judges. We've got to have people. I've told them this stuff goes out on social media. The police can come get me. They can tell me if you don't stop preaching, we're going to arrest you. Well, go ahead and put the cuffs on. When you get me in jail, I'm going to get the jail saved. Revival's going to break out in the prison. If that ain't enough and they tell me, well, if you don't quit preaching, we're going to execute you. I can promise you until that bullet graces and splits my skull, I'll be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because without it, we're all in all on a highway to hell that that I don't want to be on. Yeah. You know. You know, in every healthy house, there's there's a the dad can be the funnest. Kids love being with the dad, right? Yeah. The dad can be the funnest character in the house, probably because the mom just is so good at her job. The dad can right. be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time as that dad, everybody wants this daddy God, which he is. He yeah. is. And this greasy grace, though, mm-hmm. with that dad, there's a moment when his voice reaches a certain tone. Or his glance goes a certain way. Mm-hmm. It strikes a holy fear mm-hmm. down the spine of every child. When that tone of voice, yeah. son, or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yep. So we're missing that. Everybody wants this just the loving daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reason why you can have a loving daddy and you can have fun in the house is because when it's needed, he can bring the hammer down. Right. Absolutely. And I think in 2023, he's bringing the yeah. hammer down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had said that before with with us raising our kids. And I remember growing up with, with dad, my mom could come in just like my wife, Amanda could go in when Jacob had friends over or Skylar and they'd be loud and making noise and she gets on to them. But then there's that point where mom turns around and says, Wesley deal with it. <laughs> when daddy opens the door yeah. and like you say, glance or says, Hey, yeah. That, yeah, that's still loving daddy, but it's because of his love that that correction's coming, that sternness. And I think that that, that greasy, grimy grace, hyper grace in most Christians, we're, we're wanting the, the sugar daddy and not the correction of daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here I'm talking about this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. 
He said, and you have forgotten. That, that's one problem. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've forgotten yeah. the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the mm. Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. You know, a lot of people think that God doesn't chase us anymore. He loves us so much that he, oh, he, like he said, mm. he's my sugar daddy. Mm. Anything I want, I just ask him, you know. Well, uh, I could share something on that, but I, I better. Because <laughs> he said in verse 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Think of that. Mm -hmm. You see. And scourgeth every son whom he receives. So he said, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. In other words, you're illegitimate. Illegitimate. If, if God's not dealing wow. with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I know people say you you sin whether you know it or not every time i've missed it i knew, you it. knew it most of the time before i even got done with what i was yeah. doing yeah or what i'd said the spirit of god on the inside of us he he never condemns you know john 7 3 17 for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God will never condemn, but he will convict they, yes, he and will. he will chastise. Yes. And I'm telling you, spiritual whippings many times are worse mm -hmm. than a physical mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. whipping, you know. So if God, if there's no chastisement from, from the Father when we do wrong, uh, I, I would be worried. Yeah. Yes, uh, because according to what this is, and also uh, in Revelations chapter uh, 3, you know, he said, ever son, he said he loves, he chastises. Well, that's what he was teaching us, you know, that if we are, as a father, if we don't chastise our own children, then mm -hmm. he said, we don't love them. Yeah. And I, I know my daddy, <laughs> and I got it from him, <laughs> uh, my daddy, and I'm sure he got it from his daddy, Whenever we did wrong and he, the father would, you know, the, my daddy would come in and he would, he would, what he would do, he would always make me sit down and look him eyeball mm -hmm. to eyeball. And he had explained to me why he was going to discipline me. I'm wanting to look at the floor, <laughs> look over that way, look out the window. And he'd say, look at me when I'm talking to you. That was worse than the whip. <laughs> Looking into them piercing eyes, you know, and uh, I'd think, why don't you just go ahead and whip me and get over, <laughs> get it. over it? But he'd explain it so I understood why he was doing it. And he'd say, this is going to hurt me worse than you. And I'm thinking, you're the one that's got that razor strop. He had a razor strop off of a barber's mm -hmm. chair where they'd sharpen the razor. He'd double that thing up and pick your feet up off the floor. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, you know, then when I got married, and, of course, we had uh, our boys, you know, and I started having, I, I loved them so much, I, I hated, I didn't want to have to whip them, but I knew if I didn't, mm -hmm. they would be steered wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, it, I don't know, you know, uh, I, I could share something here. Maybe it'll, it's okay. If y'all, if it ain't, y'all tell me to shut up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, when I was involved in full gospel businessmen years ago, back in the seventies and eighties, uh, I would hear some of those men pray, and they would say, "They say, my daddy God." Uh, well, I mean, the way I was raised, I I never called my dad father. To me, he's daddy. That that's just a country thing, I guess. You know, <laughs> raised in the country. Uh, but I felt like I wanted to say, God, you know, Daddy, I love you, but I wouldn't do it because I, I didn't know if it was right or not. I, I didn't want to degrade him or pull him down or dishonor him in any way. And uh, I had went to Norwood to talk to a man, and... Uh, on the way back, I was just praising the Lord coming up the road from Norwood to Aquadale. And uh, when I got there at Aquadale and I turned, you know, you turn back to the left and then you turn right back to the right on 138 to come to Oakboro. And uh, the Lord asked me, he said, I wasn't expecting it. It, it scared men away. He said, son, what do you want? I said, God, I, I, I don't want anything. I said, I just, I just want to tell you how much I love you and thank you for, for blessing me and saving me and helping me. And without me saying a word, he, I heard it in here. He said, go ahead and say it. I knew what he meant. I was almost afraid to, but I knew I had to. I said, I love you, Daddy. And I'm telling you what, the glory of God came in that little yellow Toyota. <laughs> and I couldn't see anything. The glory of God come in that Toyota. I didn't hear nothing. I couldn't see anything. I was just enveloped in a white cloud. And when I got to where I could see again, I was sitting down at the end of Oakburn, and I don't know how I got there. <laughs> but I know there's times I can have that with him. Mm -hmm. But there's also times I know he's a holy God. Behold the goodness. And I fear him. And the severity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the goodness and severity of God. And, yeah. and we thank God. You know, the the argument has been, if you'll teach people just who they are in Christ, mm -hmm. then they'll come out of sin all, all by yeah. themselves. And that, mm -hmm. that, well, you know, there's something to recognizing who you are yeah. in Christ, but sometimes you just need a whooping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as a child, sometimes you just, you, you can sit down, you can talk to them, but yeah. sometimes, you know what? They just need a whooping. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this year, of course, this generation was raised, that's child abuse, so they don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, well, I mean, even when my son was little, uh, and that was back in, he was born in 04, uh, and we were, you know, I, I named him Jacob, and sometimes I understand, yeah, that was the cute biblical name, but there's meanings to those names. <laughs> no, he's a great kid. Uh, you can't talk him into 
if he don't want to do it, he ain't going to do it. So that's been a good thing. It was just a little struggle when he was younger. But we were in Target, and he was acting up a little bit, and I was getting ready to, to give him a spanking right in Target. That's my kid. You're not going to act like that. And I remember when I popped him as a woman, if looks could have killed, I mean, boy, I would have got it. And I turned and I looked at her and I said, is everything okay, ma'am? She said, I got a good <coughs> mind to call social services on you. <laughs> well, you know, me being the holy spiritual Christian I am, I threw a quarter at her and said, here, call them. You know, but but we've gotten away from the correction. and it, And that's where... When we stop correcting our children earthly, it just it manifested itself into the spiritual yep, realm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that now God's not going to correct me. Why would God correct me? He loves me. But to me, for people to continue to live in sin, when you when you say, and I know I've hit this already, but when you say, "Can I? It, how much can I drink?" Well, uh, I want to do this. It's okay if I do this, and I want to do this. You know, it's just it's it's just like with people only now. You know, the average church we meet once a week. Mm-hmm. We we meet for two and a half hours on a Sunday, and expect God to do the miraculous. Yeah, and then we get mad if if you know. Well, where was you at this week? Well, I, I we had a ball game, and I know I I know people think, hey, I, I want my kids to play sports. But what we're teaching our children is God is important mm-hmm. unless something else comes up and we deem it now more important. And to me, what is being done by all this stuff is we're making a mockery and we're we're almost damning the work that was done on the cross by Jesus. I just got a phone call before I came in here today from a gentleman who who's a part of our ministry who's military man, retired. Mm-hmm. We're talking elite special forces type yeah. of, type mm-hmm. of guy. He said he was in prayer this week and the Holy Ghost came on him so strong and gave him this is a this is a man's man mm-hmm. and said you better watch out for rebellion because this year mm-hmm. I want to take you into something amazing and great but you got to watch it and he said when you're supposed to be at church on Wednesday night and you're not at church on Wednesday night mm-hmm. that's rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I tell you to pray and you don't pray, stop thinking about just adultery and mm-hmm. all these other sins. Mm-hmm. When I tell you to pray and you don't pray, you're in rebellion. Yeah. If your church is having church on Wednesday night and you're not there, you're in rebellion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a strong word. That's yeah. Right. But he's a man who understands authority. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chain of command. And Jesus <laughs> called that great faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get the church. If we're going to survive the attack on our authority, the attack on our dominion, mm-hmm. we're going to have to understand that sins of omission are just yeah. as important as sins of commission. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving into 2023, I mean, uh, I, I, I want to be careful, but at the same time, you know, I, we want to get this out here. You know, pastors, for one, we know have got to be bold. And I believe that if there's anybody going to a church that has a mealy mouth, spineless preacher in it, they need to find somewhere else to Run. go. Yeah, I believe, you know, uh, I've said this before, you know, we, we've always went through this whole mindset of, you know, and it's been because it, it sounds good. Well, I don't want to be a sheep thief. But, you know, if I run by a pasture and there's a mound near a sheep and I know if I put them in my pasture, they can flourish. I'm doing that sheep an injustice by leaving it in that pasture to die. Or if the sheep is skinny enough to fit through the fence because it ain't been yeah, fed, yeah. <laughs> let it run. 
you know, <laughs> but it, I believe people, I know your mama went to that church and your grandma went to that church and your grandpa went to that church and your great grandpa and then your great, great grandpa helped lay the brick on that church. I understand that, but they're not the one that died on the cross. Mm -hmm. And I heard a, a pastor say this years ago in ministry and it, it floored me and I've never forgot it. And it's always helped me keep into perspective my calling. He said, God is the only person that will fire you and let you keep your job. How many preachers are still working, but they got fired years ago? Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. And the people don't realize it. You know, so pastors, we in 2023, we have got to commit ourselves stronger than ever before uh, to the things of God because it, without that, we'll, we, we have the responsibility of leading the sheep. If we're not in tune with God and we make a wrong turn, we as shepherds are taking the sheep into destruction, yeah. and we'll be held accountable for that. But at the same time, the sheep have got to step up. You know, I always tell people, we always refer to ourselves as sheep, and I know as the church, we're the shepherd, and, and we lead the sheep. But if we're supposed to be Christ-like, and I shared this the other week, Christ was born as a child. He was sacrificed as a lamb, but he rose as a lion. Mm. It's time for us to quit having a sheep mentality and start having a lion mentality. Because wow. mm -hmm. when a sheep does the bad, nobody listens. Mm -hmm. But when, when a, a lion, lion roars, roars, people take attention to mm -hmm. what's going on. That's good, Wes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's good. Yeah. And your mom, by the way, just said correction is love. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. Yeah. Sherry Barbie's watching this. Yeah. She said, correction is love. Because yeah. you love a child so much, to a su certain point, you don't want to correct them. Right. But because you love them more than that, mm -hmm. you have to yeah. correct you them. Have and, to do and that, that was the thing when yeah. I was growing up. I mean, every time. It didn't matter if we were out of town an hour away at somebody's house. I got to look because I didn't listen. That was it, and we straightened up. But then we stayed for another hour, and then we drove an hour home. We're picking and cutting up in the car, having a good time, and yep. I'm thinking, me and Phillip's thinking, we got away. daddy done forgot. As <laughs> soon as that car goes in park, boys, go to your room. <laughs> he didn't forget. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'm fixing to love you real yeah. good. <laughs> but he would always tell us, boys, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Never understood that. I always so wanted to turn around and go, oh, am I going to get to give you a spanking? <laughs> but I never understood it till I give my daughter her first spanking. Uh -huh. Not just a pop of correction. I'm talking a spanking that made tears flow because it, she was hurt. And I remember we lived beside them at that time, and he was in his building. I left out of my house and walked down to his building because I couldn't take it. And I could still hear my daughter crying through her bedroom window. Mm -hmm. I walked in his building about in tears, and he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, now you know. <laughs> Correction, it is love. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, uh, which uh, I hadn't been perfect long. <laughs> <laughs> Just a week or two. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm not perfect. But, uh, 
you know, I, uh, I, I guess, you know, I, what I picked up, you know, from my dad, but a lot of it, but there was times when I didn't, I, I dreaded whipping them so bad. I mean, you know, I don't get any pleasure out of, you know, disciplining them and having to whip them. Because if you do it out of anger, that's abuse. Yeah. Well, you see, that, yeah. that's what I'm getting at. There were times that I would let it go until I'd fly hot yeah. uh, and then jump on them mm-hmm. and whip them or whatever, you know. I, I mean, I never beat them with my fist or anything like that, but I, I just, you know, scolded them in an in attitude of, uh, you know, it, it wasn't right. And my wife, uh, she would never say anything in front of them, but they'd after I'd scold them or jumped on them, said things harsh to them that I shouldn't have said, and they would go on up to their room. And uh, I was already under conviction, but my wife, she maybe, and she's so sweet. <laughs> uh, I, I hope you're still watching. <laughs> uh, you know, she's so sweet, and she'd be washing the dishes, you know, there in the kitchen, and she'd just turn around so sweet. Why don't you practice what you preach? And I, I, I'd, oh, I, I could bite a sixty penny nail, <laughs> and they're about that long and big around and a bigger than a pencil, you know, bigger around. And I tell you, yeah. I handled it wrong. I'd go upstairs and I'd call them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'd say, listen, I said, I disciplined, did, really I didn't discipline to you. I said, I, I corrected you in a wrong spirit. I waited until I was angry and I flew ha- hot, you know, mad. And that's wrong. You, you should never discipline a child out of anger. You should discipline them out of love. Yeah, and so I would say, now you needed to be corrected. What you did was wrong. You needed to be corrected, but I, Dad didn't handle it right. And so I'm asking you to forgive me. Yeah, you know I didn't handle it right. But God always handles it right. God, yeah. God, God, God don't make no mistakes. You wrong. Yeah. So the American Church in 2023, the yeah. summary of tonight is. You're going to get a whooping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to get a whooping. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. But it's out of love. It's going to make you better. Yeah. It's going to make you stronger. Yeah. 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 But that's the other thing I tell people in the church is, you know, all the, you, you read through the Bible and you've got, you know, you've got all these powerful men of God. And then you've got, you go into the New Testament, you got all these powerful disciples. And then, you know, you got John Wesley and you got Lester Summerall, Smith Wigglesworth, Kenneth Hagin. You know, all, we could name, just go on and name all these powerful men and women of God, but they're gone. Mm-hmm. God thought enough of you and of me and you watching online to choose us for this end time harvest. So if he loves me that much, I'm going to take his correction. Because he thought enough of me that if he can do a little correcting and if I'll seek him, I'm going to be one of the most powerful voices. We'll be the most powerful voices this world has ever seen. We're going to experience the greatest 
harvest of souls, the most mighty miracles that's ever been seen, the greatest level of glory that this world has ever seen and will ever see. And he thought enough of us to say, I want them for my end time harvest. Come on. Take the correction. Yeah. Grow yeah. from it. Yeah, we was talking about criticism. It's, it, corrective criticism is the best thing you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people. That's the, one of the big problems in churches, too, with pastors. Is we surround ourselves with yes men. Yep. I don't want. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to, to pat me on the back and say, Pastor, you're doing great. But where's the, you know, where's the ones that will come up to me that I've put in a position to say, you handled that wrong or you're doing this. And we're not holier than thou. Don't put a pastor on a pedestal or pastors. Don't put yourself on a pedestal to think that you're above the correction or the reproach of God because mm-hmm. he will knock you off of it. And that's a hard fall. I would rather him correct me without me falling. You know, so we need to look at that. And I think when we do, then we as pastors can then prepare our sheep for a national emergency and how to avoid it. It's like when the hurricanes come, you know when to put sandbags in front of your doors and put boards up on the windows. Same way spiritually. We can prepare, and and if pastors will get in that word and take that correction, then they can lead their sheep to where a national emergency turns into that national blessing. Got to go, got to go. The Lord's letting us go pick or switch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Folks, some folks watching want to have it. Some don't know about that, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just can't take this hateful gospel y'all preaching. It's tough. You know, this, yeah. this is just. Uh, it's, un- it's unlivable. <laughs> it's, un- it's unloving, unlivable. I'm tired of this. I just can't take it. Yeah. I, I just, we just looking for a podcast to walk out on. Yeah. Well, this is a good one to walk out. You can walk out as long as you come back. <laughs> but uh, should I throw some stuff? Will that, will that help with views? Yeah. Tip yeah. the table over tip and Tip the table, out. do something. Well, you can't tip uh, this table over. I, I don't know what time we got. This but, is uh, your closing arguments but, right here. Uh, <laughs> what fault was so our financial attack. Yeah, number one, finances. 50% of the attack is uh, finances. Doctrine. Doctrine, the fivefold ministry and doctrine, uh-huh. and then our authority. Our authority. Yeah. Okay. I got to keep that in my brain. So it'll either mind. be, for people watching, it'll either be a dark year in those three areas, mm-hmm. or it's going to be dynamic in those right. three areas. It's our choice. Isn't yes, it? yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the one thing I, I, I'm going to throw this free plug in for you if, uh, as long as you've got it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you do. Uh, as far as tithing and finances, uh, if you're watching online and you go, you know, I really, I really want to get involved in this because the gospel ain't free. And it takes believers funding that gospel. Yeah. But it's, it's like that one preacher said, you know, when you get water from the, the, the faucet, to the garden, even the inside of the water hose gets wet. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the money that God's wanting to bring to us is not for us to hoard up for ourselves. It's to fund the gospel. But you you taught that series, Fish Come First. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I believe that it was taught then for a specific thing. Yes. But I believe that's one of those teachings that, that we need to have back, especially for people that are just starting with tithing or saying, you know what, I, I need to get out of debt. I want to be right for this end time. Or they've had like a bad taste in their mouth as yeah. far as mm. abundance and prosperity is yeah. concerned. We did, we've did. we got an entire e-course now, hours yeah. of teaching that you can have on your phone. 
or on your computer with notes and downloadable yeah. stuff. So that's available at Encounter. Yeah, and it's Fish Come First, so easy to understand. Perfect. I mean, I remember going through it and going, wow. I mean, it was just yeah. so amazing. But, you know, it, it's understanding those things that God knew this day was coming. Nothing takes God by surprise. Right. Nothing has ever happened in God say, well, wait a minute, Jesus, did you? you see what just happened? Mm -hmm. He already knew. So if he already knew, he's already made a way Hallelujah. of escape for us. He's already made provision for us because he wants his children blessed and he wants us prosperous. And that's the other thing. People say, well, yeah, but, but uh, God don't want us rich. God don't want us financially blessed. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hang around with broke people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to hang around people so I can learn what they're doing, so I can do what they're doing according to scriptures, so I can be blessed. Ain't nobody, nobody can say that it don't bless them to bless somebody else. It broke some mentality anyway. It has yeah. nothing to do with how much you have in the bank. It's uh, the way you think. It's the yeah. way you think. Yeah. You know, so that's something I believe people should really, really get a hold of. But, you know, the other thing is to understand we have dominion. Don't let the world or the enemy tell you that you don't have that authority that Jesus paid the price for and give us. He said, I have all power. We need to resurrect and revive Brother Hagin's writing, The Believer's Authority. authority. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Actually, we're going to be relaunching, Pastor Steve, you'll be excited about this. We're working with Harrison House mm -hmm. to relaunch Norval Hayes' book, How to Live and Not Die. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. In March yeah. or April of this year. Yeah. And I think that's prophetic for... Regaining our authority because nobody prayed with authority mm -mm. like Brother Norville Hayes. Mm -mm. So we're relaunching how to live and not die so that believers can get a hold of it. So don't buy the book yet. We're going to have, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote a special introduction for the book, and uh, Dr. Rod Parsley wrote a special forward for the book, and it's going to be revived. And I'm excited mm -hmm. to be a part of yeah. that project with Harrison yeah. House. Well, yeah. uh, take a few minutes and give your final closing arguments or thoughts that you want to share with the audience. Well, now's the time to connect with your pastor. And with your church, because the enemy's coming after the fivefold ministry. So we, as a church, have got to be get underneath and bolster and support the fivefold ministry. If you don't have a local church, Gleaning Mission Church is an amazing church you can connect with. If you don't know if you're out of state or somewhere, then you can reach out to them or us, and we'll do our best to help you find one. Mm -hmm. But you need to be connected with a local church because there you're going to find stability, you're going to find defense, you're going to find strength. So connect with them. Be faithful in your giving, and then allow God to revive in your heart and in your spirit a revelation of authority. And if we'll do that, we're positioned to take our nation back in 2023. Amen. Positioned to get it back, at least get the church back in Jesus' name. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. And I did learn something tonight on the on the show that I didn't know. I knew the disciples come in a Honda because it said they all came in one accord. Court, but right. Eddie said a while ago, that the glory came in that Toyota. Yeah. So I learned something new. Yeah. yeah. That's just an extra so bit of information. The glory yeah. comes in a Toyota. Yeah. So yeah. the disciples. A yellow a, Toyota. Yeah. The yeah, disciples yeah. were in a Honda yeah. and the glory comes in a yellow Toyota. Should have bought a Dodge. Should have bought a Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this has been awesome. Thank you again. Oh, our pleasure. Uh, Thank for you. being here. Uh, we're excited to see what God is doing with your ministry. Powerful ministry. Any of our people. Follow them online. Uh, Y'all also have a channel of the Generals of the Faith. Oh, Generals of the Faith, yeah, uh, on YouTube. Just yeah. classic messages. That's all it is. And they, them, I'm telling you, they may be classes, but they're on time. Yeah, absolutely. And, Every time. Uh, 
you know, follow their channel. Uh, they have some amazing interviews that he does, especially those of you out there that know Jonathan Kahn. He's oh, interviewed man. him several times. Yep. Mario Morello, mm -hmm. different ones that are really becoming strong voices for this end time move. Yeah. Follow them and and again the news channel. I love the news Encounternews channel. Encounternews.com is the best news channel by far on the internet. Every day it's updated. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Every day. Yeah. And I'm not biased. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> but uh but you know, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. And remember, even though these storms are coming, even though these things are coming to attack the church. Our job is to arise and shine, for our light has already came. And if we receive that light, it will shine through us into a dark world and cause other people to be drawn to the loving arms of their Savior, Jesus Christ. So remember, do your job, like the video, subscribe if you hadn't yet, and then put it on social media. How easy is it for you to share the gospel? You say, well, I can't preach, but you can take a finger and push a button, and now you've just broadcasted the word of God. You've preached the word of God into a lot of people's lives all across social media. So you do your part. We've done ours until next week. God bless you. And remember, Jesus loves you.